Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I love this. I love anytime it's a Sunday or a Wednesday or any opportunity that we have to come into the house of God, there are certain things that happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else. Or if they do happen somewhere else, they don't happen to the level or to the experience or in the atmosphere that we get to have here at church and in God's house. And so I want you to know that when you come to church, what you're doing is you're stepping into your father's house. You're stepping into healing. You're stepping into restoration. You're stepping into an environment that has passion about being here and about serving and loving and knowing and learning about our God. So I just wanna commend you. You are some of the smartest people in San Diego for taking this and making it a priority to get your butt here, to get your kids here, to be here on a Wednesday. And I believe that tonight God wants to minister to you. Tonight God wants to show you something, reveal something to you, and you should. Every time you come into the house of God, you should leave feeling different. There should be a transformation. Your mind should be moving and grooving. You should leave the house of God better than when you came in. Can I get a yeehaw? Love that. Let's pray. God, I thank you that in your house, God, in your house, anything is possible. God, it's the great tool of transformation to come into your presence, God, to fall in love with who you are. God, I thank you tonight. God, for a great understanding, a great refreshing of who you are as our Father. God, we're, we're, our ears are open to hear from your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. I'm pretty excited. This is kind of one of those uh, like softball in my throat messages. Um, so if I seem emotional, I am. If I seem passionate, I am. Um, Pastor Alex kind of mentioned it. We have a kid here like literally any minute, like so close and it's interesting, nine months kind of goes slow and really fast at the same time, right? Like all the baby appointments, like the thousand Amazon packages showing up at my door, like building the crib was only four or five months ago, but like feels like an eternity ago. Like I got trapped in the crib, by the way, and I had to like somehow get it off of me. But I'm coming to you tonight with a message, and the truth is, is this is probably the last time that I could ever preach this message, because my son's going to be born any day, and then any time after that that I preach, share the stage, minister to people, it will be as a father. And I know, I know I'm a father already, like, I've done my part, I've contributed, like, I am a father. But... But it's going to be different when he's actually here, right? Like, it's, it's going to be different when he's actually here. And so tonight is one of those messages that I, I'm going to bring to you, and I know that God is going to speak to people, but I want to bring it to you humbly. I want to bring it to you transparent. I want to bring it to you raw, real. Like, if I start choking up a little bit, just be like, it's okay, bro. Like, you're going to make it. You know, just keep going. Just tell me, keep going. We, uh, actually, I was going to have my wife stand up, but she told me, do not make me stand up in front of everyone and show them my belly. So we have a picture instead. Yep. Very beautiful. Very cool. We named our son uh, yesterday. I'll be, you know, I'll be sharing the name with you throughout this message. But for me, it's, it's like, thank you, sir. Wow. It's like, it's <laughs> It's getting real, it's getting real, real, but it's not like real, 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 like where my hands are like in it right now, like I'm not changing diapers, I'm not like, it's getting real. I don't know why you brought this up here. 
my, my dad journey my dad journey is interesting right now because I'm like watching every, you know, video that there is, like trying to get all the advice that I is. Like dads, I don't know if you've ever gone to Google and typed in like, will I be a good dad, question mark. Like asking all these questions. Like I watched The Pursuit of Happiness the other day and just was like taking notes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Will, like this is what being a dad is. Like has anyone, do you guys remember the movie Armageddon from like the 90s? And the dad like sacrifices himself at the end. I'm like, oh, do I have what it takes to, do, to be Bruce? Like it's getting real for me. It's getting real, real. And as I'm about to step into fatherhood, I was really confronted with the reality that I'm gonna be responsible for yet another human being in my home. I'm gonna be responsible for... You know, hopefully he looks like Marissa and acts like me, but this little tiny human, this little tiny human is coming into my life, and as I'm stepping into Father, I was confronted with that reality. You see, God, God's really trying to take every single person on a journey. When they're a young man or a young woman, he's just trying to get them to figure out how to lead themselves. You do this in high school, you do this as a young adult. By the way, who are all my young adults in here tonight? 18 to 29-year-olds, right on. Little plug, there's an after party after this, please go. But when you're a young adult or a young person, you're really trying to figure out how to lead yourself, right? Become a man or a woman of God. And then when you've become a man or a woman of God, God's like, cool, you get to be promoted, you get to be a husband or a wife, and then you get to do that together. You're building a, a legacy, you're building a life, you're making memories, you're serving God, you're loving each other, you're, you're doing all these fun things. But then the third and final test comes and God says, great, now you're ready to expand your family and bring a little baby into this. There's actually a fourth layer. It's called being a grandparent where God is just like, do whatever you want. You've paid the price. <laughs> Spoil them. But no matter where you're at today, right, maybe you're a young adult in here and you're learning to become a person of God. You're learning to become a person who loves his house, who loves him, who is gaining spiritual maturity. Maybe you're in here and you're married and you're learning to love each other. You're learning when to say yes to you. You're learning when to admit that you're wrong. Maybe you're in here and you're a parent and you have a family and you're responsible for little human beings. I am beginning to feel the weight of being responsible for a little buddy when he is born. The real question that I want to ask you tonight is the things that I am feeling towards him, right? Because there's, I'm feeling certain things toward him that are like very passionate and strong right now. Like all of my good intentions toward him, all of like, I'm already planning his life for him and like what he's going to do and how he's going to act and who he's going to be and the things that he's going to like. Like I'm totally going there in my mind, right? I'm preparing myself for what it's going to be like for him to be here. And all of the things that I'm feeling that are powerful and strong and passionate made me ask the question, how much more does God feel that way about you and I? How much more does he feel that about his kids? How much more does he feel that about his greatest creation that he put his hand to work? The title of my message tonight is called Figuring Out Fatherhood. And I'm beginning my journey into fatherhood, but I'm here tonight to tell you that there is a God who has already figured out right. fatherhood. Right. He is the author of fatherhood. He is the ultimate example. He is the prime reason that a father and that what a father is meant to be, how they're meant to act, how they're meant to treat their children. He has already figured out fatherhood while I am still very, very early in the journey, okay? If I've ever, and I've, you know, begun to reflect on my life a lot recently is good to do, pay attention to what was, pay attention to what is, and expect for what is to come. But I've especially had to dial in and give attention to my experience when it comes to having dads in my life. 
So tonight I want to tell you kind of my story, and I'm going to paint a picture for you. I'm going to spoil the end for you. At the end of this message, I'm going to ask you to come down for ministry time because I believe your father wants to have a moment with you tonight. I believe the God of heaven and earth wants to touch your heart, touch your mind, speak to you, refresh you, re-energize you, speak to you in a way that's going to make sense to you so that you leave this place feeling different. And my experience with, with fatherhood and what that has been has been kind of all over the place, to tell you the truth. My mom got pregnant with me when she was 19 years old. My biological father said, nope, want nothing to do with him, don't want to be in his life, don't want to know him, barely knows my name, wanted nothing to do with me. So just imagine, right, the rejection that could have come with that, the abandonment that could have come with that. My mom got married when I was a year and a half years old, married a man, had two brothers with him. They are okay. And <laughs> I love them. But I found out when I was 10 that this man wasn't my real father. My mom didn't share that with me, and I'm glad that she didn't, right? It wasn't, it wasn't the proper time in my younger years to share that with me. But I remember her sharing with me, like, hey, this guy's not your dad. You have another dad. This is kind of what happened. And that dad, when my mom and him ended up splitting, right, his obligation to me ended when his obligation ended with her. So he cared about me, right? I had 10 years with him, but he never, never really cared about me like I was his own. Right, and so when him and my mom split up, so our relationship was severed. Didn't didn't have a dad when I was ten years old. My mom remarried an awesome guy and um, asked him to adopt me when I was twelve years old. I fell in love with him. I was like, wow, like this is it. God brought a dad back into my life, and that dad right now, because of battles that he didn't fight or was shown how to fight, battles that his dad didn't fight for him, right now I can't go to him and be like, yo, dad, like, tell me what to do. Like, what advice do you have for me? Like, how do I win this thing so my son doesn't have to? I have never been more motivated in my life to go and revisit the pain of my past than I have been in this season right now. To go and deal with the things of my history, to go and deal with the things of my past. Listen, to dig back up the crap. Because here's what I know, the, son, the father that my son deserves has to be someone who's willing to go and face those things and realize and understand that it's really interesting as I've, you know, I, I went to counseling when I was younger, I've had open conversations with people even in this room and they're like, tell me about how this has affected your life. And the truth is, is I have not come out 100% untouched or unscathed, but I have had an ability to realize and have a reverence for God has supernaturally protected me in this area in a lot of ways. I want to talk about some of those things tonight. But if you look at my story from a bird's eye view, you'd be like, wow, abandoned and rejected, didn't know his real dad, had a dad who only cared about him because he had to. As soon as that obligation was fulfilled, he scrammed. And a dad who was trying to be a dad, loves me, but wasn't able to because of the battles he was not willing to fight and that were not fought for him. But tonight I want to tell you that I have a heavenly father who every single time that I have gone to him, every time I have reached out, every time I have needed him in my life, I have been met with such mercy, such grace, such peace, such love in my life. Yeah, let's praise God. God has provided for me all of my life. He's brought the right men into my life. I have the greatest papa. He's my grandpa on my mom's side who took a lot of the weight, took a lot of the responsibility of, hey, I'm gonna be this father figure in your life. They're pastors, they're incredible. I had all of the fun adventures. I had all of the swords, all of the bow and arrows. Like, I just did whatever the heck I wanted. 
And so God really supernaturally protected me, and I can stand before you today and say, yes, there are still things that I'm trying to get freedom from. There are still mindsets that I'm trying to get in in alignment with what God wants, but the truth is, is that God supernaturally protected me, and I can stand before you today and say that my experiences with fatherhood can and will not dictate the experience that my son has of his father. And along this journey, along this journey, I figured out who makes great dads. Simply men who want to be. If you want to be a great dad, you can and you will. And especially, listen to this, you know what's so beautiful about the house of God is you have partnerships that you need to take advantage of. Men who have gone before you, fathers who are in the same trench with you, young men who are about to be fathers. There are men and women around you. Moms, this is for you as well. There are people around you that God wants to bring into your world to shape you, show you, and push you in the right direction as you're pursuing this together. Amen? It's led me to this reverence for the father that I've always had in God. And so now that the time is coming for me to be a father myself, my prayer is simply this. If I can just do for my son what God did for me, if I can just show my son what God has shown me time and time again, tonight as we're painting this picture of, of God as your father, I would ask that you take notes. I've gotten a little bit more serious about this when I'm preaching. Like, I'm literally going to ask you to take notes because there is power and potency in writing something down while you're in this atmosphere, right? The atmosphere is going to be different than when you're at home, I hope. When you're taking notes, it is something that you can go back and revisit and recount again and again and again as part of our culture, by the way, of taking notes so that we can go back and revisit what's going on. Amen? Okay. Up on the screen, it's going to say, and and these are things that, as my son is about to be born, these are like all of my good intentions towards him. The problem with all of my good intentions towards him is that I have to act on them once he's born. I can write down, oh, he's going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to do that. I can write all of those things down, but I actually have to put in the work, put in the effort, and actually be the father that he's asking. The flip side of this, and by the way, every point that I make is going to be, here's what I'm saying for my son, but I'm going to paint the picture and the correlation of this is how God acts and operates. It's going to be really powerful for you guys, okay? First point is my son will know that he has complete access to me. This is availability. The Bible says this, and you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. God wants you to know that you have his attention. You have complete access to him. The way that I want my son to live his life is that he knows at any point in the day, at any point in time, he can call me, come to my room, track me down, and I am available to him. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look him in his eyes and say, you have my attention. Tonight, God, your father is wanting you to know you have my attention. God made it so that communication with him can happen at any time and anywhere. You have an ability. It's called prayer. Talking to a God who's not just being listened to but wants to respond back to you. Tonight, I want to remind you as I'm being prepared to give my full availability to my son that you have a God in heaven, a father in heaven who has made it so you have full ability and access to him. The question is, and most Christians don't understand this, is that they never tap into that availability. They think God's busy or he's doing other stuff or this isn't really something I need to bring to him. Can I tell you there's nothing that my son could bring to me that I would give him my full attention over the little things or the large things. God wants you to know that his availability that we have with him. Amen? Amen. Okay. The second thing is my son will see that this is a pri- that I have it as a priority to spend time just him and I. I saw the Emerge Junior recap, and I about lost my mind. Like, I went online, like, tried to buy tickets for, like, 2027, 2028, couldn't do it. 
But in my mind, I'm already like, man, like all of the memories that I want to have with him and like the moments that I'm going to like take him camping and like we're going to run away to this lake together and like I'm going to have this conversation and like my son is going to know that we have these moments and these memories together, right? It's part of our core values that we create fun memories. And so it's really exciting for me to like revisit or think about all the things that I'm going to do with my kid, just him and I. I got to figure out how I'm going to phrase it. I'm like, buddy, it's just you and me. Like mom doesn't even know what's going on. We can do whatever we want. But there's something powerful and important between a son and his father where it's just him and I. It's that alone time. God has given us his word. God has given us his spirit. God has given us an ability to pray. I wonder, are you tapping into these moments and these memories that God is wanting to make with you? I can remember times in my life where, man, it was just like green light, green light, green light. Every time I would go to God, I would hear his voice. Every time I would ask his spirit to come, boom, there it was. But I've also been on the other side. I'm like, yo, God, like, where are you? I'm praying the same prayer. I have the same faith. Like, why aren't you, like, where, what changed here? And the truth is is that my appetite for those moments went away, not his ability to meet me there. In the same way that I want to create these moments and memories with God, I'm here tonight to tell you that your heavenly father wants to create moments and memories with you where his word comes so potently, so powerful, like, my goodness, I can run a mile. I can, I'm good to go for the next year. Like, I've heard from God. It's very important that we see that it is a priority to God to spend time just him and I. Listen, you need to mess up your calendar a little bit. Put some time in there. Don't be a person who does devotions. Be a person of devotion. Make it a priority in your life to spend time with God because the more time you spend with God, the more that he's going to speak to you. The more that he speaks to you, the more you're going to be filled. The more that you're filled, so comes your life. God is looking for moments for you and him together to get alone and spend some time. Amen? The Bible says this about that, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. What a great promise that if we seek him, we will find him. If you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, amen? Okay, the next thing is my son will know that he can always run to me, SOS. So here's the thing. <laughs> I, ha- I still have a bit of a naughty streak. The, the, question, the question is not, is my son going to get in trouble? It's how much of it is he gonna tell me about it's not like, is he going to be mischievous? That's already been, you know, figured out. I'm married to Marissa, okay? It's a matter of how much of it is he going to be willing to run and tell me about. Now, listen, I'm concerned about him, like, bragging about stuff. Like, Dad, you should have seen what I did. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, when he really messes up. Can he come to me and know that I'm going to greet him with love, that I'm going to greet him? So, listen, he may need to be corrected. He may need to be coached, but he needs to understand that at the end of that conversation, I'm still his dad and I still love him, right? There's a beautiful analogy of you know, a teenager getting in a, in a, in a you know, fender bender, hitting someone with a car. It's like, oh, shoot, like, oh, my dad's going to find out versus, shoot, I need to call my dad. God wants you to know, your heavenly father wants you to know that in those moments of SOS, in those moments of frustration, those moments of emergency, those moments of like, man, I need something from you, God, and the person who I'm running to, my strong tower, my refuge, I'm here tonight to tell you that every time you come to him like that, he will meet you there with loving arms. The Bible says this, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Listen, God wants us to run to him, not from him. 
I want to build a culture in my home and with my children that when they cross a boundary, when they break a rule, when they make a mistake, listen, buddy, that's a part of life. What I want you to do as my son, as your father, is I want you to bring that to me so that I can help you, assist you, coach you, correct you, and get you right back on track. Amen? The Bible also says this. It says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. Tonight, maybe you've experienced a, a father in your life where, you know, crap is hitting the fan and just everything is going wrong in your life and you've attempted to reach out to get some kind of console, to get some kind of empathy, to get some kind of care, to get some kind of help, and you've been greeted with a blank screen. I'm here tonight to tell you that when you reach out to God in these moments of SOS, you are greeted by a love, you are greeted by a mercy, you are greeted by a grace that honestly, God doesn't even, he's not even paying attention to what you did or what the problem was. He's just going, that's my girl, that's my boy. Way to come to me. I'm your father who loves you. Can we be a people, can we be a church in these moments of crossing the line, making the mistake when everything is going wrong? Can we run to our heavenly father? Amen? I'm doing good so far. <clears throat> I was just worried about crying, you know? Okay, my son will hear me prophesy into his life and into his future. It's happening even now. We'll wake up in the morning time. That's when he's very, very active. My son knows my voice. And when I prophesy over him, it's not like, thus saith the Lord of heaven and earth almighty. It's like, what's up, buddy? Hey, you're wanted. That's what I tell him all the time. I've been telling him since we found out you are wanted. You're a wanted boy. You're a handsome boy. You're a smart boy. Everything is growing. I'm prophesying over his life before he's even born. When my son is born, the only words that he will hear out of my mouth, intentional words that he will hear out of my mouth, is the beautiful future that I see for him, the future that God has for him, the love and affection that I have towards him, that his mom has towards him. The, the words that he hears, I will be building my son up every opportunity that I have to hear words of life and not of death. When you open up your Bible and you read God's letter to you, do you look at it as God's affection towards you? Do you look at it as his prophetic word over you? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you. I've already decided in my heart that there are plans for good and not for evil. They're to prosper you. They're to grow you. They're to expand you. They're to have your life be awesome and excellent. Can I get an amen? amen. And so my son will grow up hearing his father prophesy over his life. I encourage you to reach into your Bible, to reach into God's word, and find and pull these things out for yourself. What is the thing that you can grab onto like, that's from God to me? Because he has written things in his word that are prophecies over you. They are fulfillments over you. They are, they are the, all of the best of who God is for your life. And so my, the culture of my home will always be calling him up and never pushing him down. I, I've, I've worked with a lot of Christians who have this, this incorrect or this inaccurate idea of who God is, that he's big, this big bad guy just waiting for them to get in trouble, and he's just trying to spank them, and like, he just wants them to live their life in a certain way, and if not, he's just going to smite them. That's not how God is. That's not how I found God to be. Every time that I make an error, or I make a mistake, or I fall short, or I'm disappointed, or I'm frustrated, I just go back to my Bible, and I remind myself of what God has said about me already. I ask God to reveal to me, God, what is it that you're saying right now? What is it that you're saying in this situation? God, remind me of who I am and what you've already said about me. The Bible says this, uh, I already said that, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. He wants you to believe what he has said about you. 
That's, that's the important thing is you can know what the word of God says. You can know what God has said. But when you click into that belief, like I believe that God has the best for me. I believe something we say here a lot, if you're new here, get used to this. God has called us to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. The best of the best is reserved for those who love God. And so if you find yourself in this friction of, oh, I don't know what to believe, my thoughts or his thoughts, guess what? Make the decision and believe his thoughts towards yeah. you. Yeah. Believe his words towards yeah. you. Combat the thoughts that are in your mind with what God has already said about you. Amen? My son will be convinced that I love him and that I always will. My son will grow up with certainty in his life. He will never question or wonder my care and my love and affection for him. The Bible says this, that in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I'm feeling this about my son who is yet to be born, how much more does God feel this about you? How much more would he not move? He, he would move an entire mountain. He would shake the earth. He would send his only son so that he would understand the love that, you, that he had for you. He will be raised with an undeniable sense of my love and affection for him. Do you know the undeniable sense of affection and love that God has for you? Because when you do, it starts shaping and shifting how your life functions and operates. It starts shaping and shifting how you see the world and how you see yourself. It starts shifting and shaping your perspective on so many different things when you understand that the God of heaven, how cool is that? The God of heaven and earth knows your name, knows every day of your life, every thought that you've ever had, every word you've ever spoken. The Bible says he knows the hairs on your head. He is in love with you. But many Christians live their life not understanding the full potency of God's great love for them. Tonight I'm here to show you as, as about to be father, I'm telling you like the love that I have for my son already, I cannot imagine the multiplication factor that is on that when it comes to our heavenly father. Do you believe that he loves you? My son will understand that he carries my name and continues my line, my legacy. I want it to mean something to my son to be a pile. That, that's going to mean a few things. It's going to mean a way that we live our life, that we serve the house of God, that we, we love God's people, that we just live our lives a certain way. And what's so interesting is that one day, the life that I'm building will be his life. The kingdom that I'm building will be his kingdom. The mission that I have will be his mission. He will inherit and be the successor to everything that we are building. You and I are meant to be the inheritors and the successors of everything that God is building. Yeah. The Bible says this, the Bible says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. It's so interesting, a prince's job in a kingdom a prince's job is to defend and expand his father's kingdom. His job is to defend the land and to expand the kingdom. It's so interesting that a prince in a kingdom, a prince is raised up to understand his father's responsibility, his father's mission, and he carries his father's name. The king's job is to raise his son in such a way that he understands his responsibility, that he understands his mission, and that he understands the power of that name. 
I'm here today to tell you that in this kingdom, the kingdom that we are building, that there is a mission for you and I, that there is a name and a power and authority that you and I carry. Listen, don't pray prayers and say in the name of Jesus unless you know what that means. There is a great power and authority with comes that comes with carrying the name of your Father who is in heaven. There's a great authority that comes to Christians to understand that. God wants us to carry his name, his spirit, and his mission. Amen? Father's job is to prepare him for that succession. Okay, last one. You guys can stand up to your feet because I want to pray. My son will live his life rooted in knowing that he is my son in whom I am well pleased. There's this incredible encounter as Jesus is about to begin his ministry and he's baptized by John the Baptist moments before he's out to go out into the wilderness and be tempted by the devil and, and all of that. And the Bible paints it so beautifully. It says that the heavens opened, uh, what appeared like a dove descended on Jesus and a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Just those few words is unpacking like so much. The voice from heaven acknowledging this is my son. This is the one that I love. This is the one that came from me. And then to tell him that he's well pleased. I, Jesus was a human. He was the greatest human to ever live, fully human, fully God. But I bet even from him to hear his dad say, that's my boy. I'm well pleased with him. For him, that must have put something inside of him. Yep, I'm ready to do what I've been sent here to do. I'm ready to become what I've meant to become. I'm ready to fulfill the great mission that's in my life. Tonight, God wants his children to live their life through the filter of I am a son or a daughter of the king. In the same way that my son will live his life rooted in knowing he is my son in whom I am well pleased. Tonight, I just want to tell you so simply that you and I are God's most precious creation. We bear his image. The enemy of your soul knows this, and that's why he hates and despises you. He hates and despises you because you reflect God to him. He hates and despises you because you have calling, mission, potential, potency, power. You carry the very spirit of God. You carry the very essence of who God is. But until you understand and click into that identity of I am a son or a daughter of the most high king, you will walk this life, you will live this life, excuse me, you will operate thinking less than of yourself not living up to the, the full future and destiny that God has for your life. I don't want anyone that I come in contact with, any of my friends, any of my family, to ever live their life not reaching the full destiny that God has for their life because of something silly like that. Tonight, with every head bowed and eyes closed, I wanna, I wanna offer an opportunity for you to receive Jesus, for you to say yes to your Father. It's so incredible that God sent his only son to live a perfect life, to die a brutal death, and to be resurrected three days later. He did this to reclaim and to reopen and to reinitiate, to reignite proper relationship with you and I. It cost him dearly. To send Jesus cost him dearly, but he knew, he knew. He knew that that sacrifice, he knew that that, that sending his son to the cross, the perfect lamb of God, he knew that that sacrifice would result in you and him having the full relationship that was meant, you and him spending eternity together, you living a life here. Listen, God doesn't just care about getting you to heaven, by the way. He cares about the life that you live here. Do you know who your daddy is? Do you know who your father is? And are you living a life that's in alignment with those things? Tonight, if you're here for the very first time, I wanna ask you a very simple question. The Bible says 
But if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, he is who he says he is, and he accomplished what the Bible says he accomplished. If you believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth, the Bible says that you will be saved. You'll become a son and daughter of God. You'll tap into all that he has for you, all of his benefits, all of his rewards, all of his peace. And when you pray that prayer, your eternity is shifted and changed forever. But the beautiful thing is that that's just the beginning. If you're here tonight and you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to call him your savior, to put him in his rightful place, Jesus' rightful place is in the place of highest authority, highest honor, highest reverence in our lives. If you're here tonight and you wanna say yes to the person of Jesus, if you wanna start tapping into the Father that God is, to have all of what I've talked about come be a parent in your life, I wanna ask you very simply tonight, will you say yes, is tonight the night? Will you become a believer, will you become a Christian? Will you become a son or a daughter of God? With every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna ask you to just simply lift your hands. We're gonna pray a prayer together. It's gonna be powerful. We're gonna pray a prayer together, solidifying your decision in your heart. If that's you in this room, I'm gonna count to three. Just lift your hands. One, two, three. Anybody in here? Awesome, beautiful, sir. Anybody else? Yep, I see you up here. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, stellar. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else on this side? Yeah, beautiful, good. The, the, the heart of God right now is bursting with joy. The heart of God is bursting with excitement for the decisions that are being made. We're gonna pray together. Everyone's gonna pray with me, but especially those who lifted their hands. Repeat after me and say, God, tonight I confess that my great need for you, my need for your son and all that he accomplished. Tonight I make a decision to accept all of your rewards, all of your benefits, all of your peace, all of your salvation, and I tap into the next level of my life. Tonight I declare that God is my Father, that heaven is my home, and that Jesus is my Savior. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen, 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 amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.